I'm gonna make him an offer again. I love the smell of come in the morning. Go ahead. Make my day. Your horses. Your horses. horses. (laughs) So, horses, horses, it all works. (laughs) So, right before we got connected here, uh, I finally I finished Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. Uh, I I got the um, I got like the Uber edition DVD Blu-ray. So it's Mm -hmm. the Blu-ray, the 3D Mm Blu-ray, the DVD and the digital copy. Yeah. And so I was also about to, to make some meatloaf, and I'm like, oh, well, the show starts in such amount of time, so I need to make sure to watch this. So I popped the DVD into my laptop, started watching that while I was doing my cooking. And as I was ending cooking, the download had completed, so I picked up where I left off on there. Then eventually I'm like, well, I'm not really doing anything on my computer right now, so I should really be watching this on my big screen. So I popped in the Blu-ray and continued watching from there. Mm. And so, so I ended up... Did you watch it on your phone in the bathroom? And then you went... No, no it, it had I, like... I, I hadn't had a chance to sing it to anything before we got there. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, yeah, so this is one of the reasons why I get these type of packages. Mm-hmm. I, I don't the, think they had a I don't think they had a Blu-ray DVD digital. They only had the Blu-ray Blu-ray 3D DVD div- digital. So I had to get yeah. the getting caboodle package, and I'm like, hey, it sounds like it's worth it. And uh, yes, I think it was worth it. Not just <laughs> for how I ended up watching the movie, but um, the movie itself. Um, yeah, I, right. You've seen that, seen it, right? I did. I saw it in the theater, and then uh, I picked it up Tuesday as well. I did. We had a snowstorm going on during that, and I even, I'm like, I don't care if it's snowing. I'm stopping to Target and picking up Wreck It Ralph because I love that movie. <laughs> I, I did the pre-order thing when they yeah. that announcement thing, and and got it from Amazon on Tuesday. Although it wasn't able to pick up today because office hours. Right. So have you, I haven't even opened mine yet because I haven't had a chance to, but did, did it have any cool bonus material on there? You know what? I really haven't had a chance because uh, I, I I got it right before I started watching it. So, um, And since I never watched it, I was just going to watch it first. So well, I haven't got into the, the features yet. I know that I'm going to spend most of the first time that I watch it just pausing it at the game hub and like trying to find all the video game characters. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Cause that's what we did in the theater. Like when that scene was on, we're like, Oh my God, there's, there's so-and-so. Oh my God, there's so-and-so. Did you see that dude over there? Oh my God. I'm like, I can't wait yeah. to buy this so I can just pause it and look at all the stuff. And you're going to have it on Blu-ray. So it's nice high definition on your, and on your freaking huge. His wall. His wall. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, I truly envy you for your your amazing movie setup that you've been gradually Craft. developing in your your current place of residence. Crafting it's 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 taken multiple places of residence to get it <laughs> to get it together. Um, it's just that this particular place necessitated some things. I needed a screen for here because the the place where I used to live had a finished basement. And I used uh-huh. to just shoot the image on the wall. I didn't have a screen. So here I had to buy a screen and then 
I didn't bring any of my obviously the all the furniture that was in the basement of the old place belonged to my uh, roommate, so I didn't bring any of that with me. So that necessitated buying furniture and all sorts of stuff. So I'm going to come visit you guys just so I can priorities. Yeah, I got I got my bonus from work and my tax return all at the same time. So it was like bam, bam. Actually, I got a I got a really awesome deal on the screen because the hardest thing about buying a screen is shipping it because they're so large mm-hmm. that it usually costs you like over a hundred dollars to ship it. Um, and for I've because I had signed up as the Amazon Prime trial at the time. This was back in November. Mm-hmm. And they had like a special, they had a really decent screen. It was like $186 or something and free shipping. I'm like, sold. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm definitely utilizing that feature. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the only screen like that I bought was for work. Yeah. So I got to spend 500 bucks on it. <laughs> Yeah, they're expensive. But, yeah, a big, you know, like a huge ginormous one that we have up in a, a lobby area that we can pull down. Mm-hmm. Like we show movies once a – we have a contract through the college though. So, you know, where we get them from the releaser. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be doing – we're going to be showing Skyfall this month. Ooh. Um, only pre, pre-DVD though. We don't often show stuff that's in the theaters because it's like 900 bucks. Right. To show it for 24 hours but – yeah. We'll often show stuff that's not on DVD yet. Yeah, I bought you that know. Blu-ray too, but I haven't watched it yet. Mm. It's one of those. Um, and I, I was, you know, speaking of, you know, we've had stuff happen like the Oscars and all that stuff. I don't know if you, I didn't even bother to watch the Oscars this year. I just had like no, no interest this year. I don't know what it was. Normally I watch them, but did not watch at all. But uh, uh, I, I was kind of confused. I didn't know what category to put this in because technically this movie is still available to see in theaters, but I did watch it on my screen downstairs, but I put it in theaters anyway, which was Argo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was the, actually the first movie that we watched after I got my new seats. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, uh, has anybody seen it? Mm-hmm. I have not. Yeah. I, it's, I just, it, it, I mean, it sounds great and stuff, but it's just not something that I'm really interested in at all. It was yeah. like, I saw this movie, and was like, hey, this looks like it's a really great movie, but I would probably fall asleep, and I'm not one to fall asleep during movies. Well, let me put it this way my boyfriend is notorious for falling asleep in movies, <laughs> especially if he's comfortable. So I was like, when I bought these chairs, I was like, you have to prick him with a pen. He is never, <laughs> he is never ever going to see an entire movie in these chairs because he's going to fall asleep. But Argo kept him awake the whole time. So, um, it's got some really high tension moments, especially like the last half hour. You're kind of like, there's just this whole sequence of events that happens and you're just kind of like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Are they, is it going to happen? Are they going to do it? You know? And even though it's a historical thing and you already know the outcome, it just does that good of a job of sort of grabbing you, um, where it keeps you, keeps you in suspense, even though it's like, Oh, I could just, you know, look it up on Wikipedia and see what happened. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I've heard nothing but good press about it. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody is also saying, you know, like that, Ben Affleck was great in it, you know, his 
you know, his production of it was really good, you know, uh, that, you know, everybody's been behind it. And clearly it did well, you know, it did well at the Oscars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I've heard nothing but good things. I think for me, the only reason I've kind of avoided it is because of like all these movies that have been coming out about the Middle East all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, uh, I mean, while that's an important part of our history and it's right. still actively part of our history, I'm just kind of like it's too close right now for me. So I just haven't, you know. Well, the interesting thing for me about Argo, though, was because I, I remember. Oh, I totally do. I, I rem- totally remember. Yeah, I remember like it being on the news and like yep. my parents watching the news all the time and talking about it. But I was a little too young to kind of grasp really what was going on because i think i was only like five when it started Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's kind of was interesting to actually sort of get it even though it was you know obviously theatricized and you know the drama was amped up it was interesting to sort of get all those little gaps sort of filled in because it's like oh yeah i kind of know what happened but i wasn't too keen on everything and you know so it was really interesting to see it and actually sort of understand everything that was going on i forgot that that whole thing took that long i mean it was like 80 some days right yeah i remember seeing the i mean i remember seeing the plane Mm -hmm. i mean on on i mean i remember on the news watching people the people come out of the plane okay because it was around the same time there was a lot going on at that time Mm -hmm. you know i mean from that and you know the gas lines and oh they know there was a ton going on and you know, right. So it just, it's just stuff that I just remember from growing up. Yeah. But I didn't, of course, didn't know all the backstory because that wasn't something that was public, you know, because mm-hmm. that was all CIA stuff. So, yeah, I was slacking this year because normally I try to watch all the movies that have been nominated for Best Picture or as many of them as possible. Mm-hmm. And I just totally slacked off this year, didn't have time to do any of that. So, um, I didn't feel too bad, you know, because I actually bought this after it had won. Um, so I was like, well, at least I know I'm watching, you know, the best picture. Um, so, and I, you know, if you guys get a chance to see it, I would say check it out. Now, I, would, I don't know if I'd go run to the theater to see it if it's still available, but it's definitely an, entertain, an entertaining film. They had a pretty good uh, run for it. There was a lot of good oscar best picture worthy movies mm-hmm. um uh, i mean not just some of because the, there's always sometimes that i see a best picture which i don't think is necessarily worthy that it was doing it because of popularity or something or some crap but you're talking about argo django and chain mm-hmm. le, uh less miss roles uh life of pi which i heard was in a, just incredible an amazing yeah. movie um uh, lincoln uh, I saw. So, I did linings, see Silver Linings yeah. Playbook, uh, and that I just saw last week. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say, is I was, I was like, okay, I want to go to a movie today. I mm-hmm. I want to go see something. What's available? What's at the Alamo Draft House? Hasn't been there for a while. Um, <sighs> no, no. Good day to die hard. Oh uh, no. Um, <laughs> Silver Linings Playbook, uh, okay, I will go see that. So it was kind of a reluctant pick for me to go see see Silver Linings. 
but I do have to say that I am so glad that I went to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely, I could definitely see the Oscar worthiness of this. Um, and Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence were amazing. Uh, playing essentially crazy people falling in love. Yeah. Well, and- I, I like, I like the backstory of her being in this movie mm-hmm. too. Like if you haven't heard it, like, you know, here she is in her early twenties and stuff playing in this movie, but they weren't going to give it to her cause they wanted it to be like a 35 year old person, mm. you know? So she had to convince them that she could play this role. Right. You know, and stuff. And then she wins an Oscar for it and falls on her face, stepping up, going up. She was, she was so cute though. I know. I know. <laughs> I couldn't get enough of her. Like all the little but interviews and stuff that the she interviews had. Interviews after the Oscars were amazing. Yeah. Love that. So how'd you get ready today? Uh, I woke up, took a shower and tried on dresses. What the hell do you want me to say? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, the, the, the weird thing is, is in, in the movie, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, mm. she was totally looked like Shannon Doherty. Yeah. In fact, if you go when you're looking at the winners on Oscar.com, you mouse over her name of the uh, actress in the leading role. I swear to God, it's almost identical to Shannon Doherty. It's just so weird of a resemblance. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just because of the hairstyle or, or something, but um, and just well, hopefully she won't be doing one eight hundred connect, you know, education connection shit pretty soon i'm sure there won't be something like that (laughs) it's just i just happen to be looking at this picture and and we're talking about it and i'm like she looks a lot like shannon actually a couple of times uh the first time she came on screen didn't realize that it was jennifer lawrence until later in the film Hmm. because i don't i'm not one to barely pay attention to starring in it unless i uh, unless that's one of the reasons why it's a draw because I heard somebody's in a movie or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I went, went in this because I heard that Silver Lightning's Playbook was a good movie. And I'm like, oh, well, let's take a look. Oh, yeah, that's Jennifer Lawrence. After I had already thought that she looked so familiar thinking that she was Shannon Doherty, not mm-hmm. getting the name right away. Oh. <laughs> it was just kind of this weird feeling. And then I'm like, wow, she looks so much older than she looked in Hunger Games. Yeah. So, uh, but she did an amazing job for being a um, wife who went crazy after her her uh, husband died. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, that movie is like one of those that I don't even remember like hearing about it until after it got nominated. Like I was like, "What is this movie?" Like, and to me, for I, you know, if somebody would have said like, "Oh yeah, there's this movie, Silver Linings Playbook," I would have been like, "What's that? A football movie?" <laughs> that's true yeah true i wouldn't know i had no idea i didn't get what the concept was for sure right. It, the, right the only thing is that the the silver linings thing it's like a silver lining a silver lining is is, is sent is made several times and there's no real like there's no real big reference to how okay what does silver linings playbook means okay he's looking for a silver linings does he start writing a book about what he's going to do to find these silver linings or something Mm. like that. And, you know, his goal is to find these silver linings and make things, you know, very positive, 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 positive attitude to everything. And, uh, the only thing that I can find is the connection is it is his dad, Robert De Niro Mm. is just obsessed with the Eagles. 
and oh, and she's okay. about luck and 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 it says says you need to be here you're my luck here right here you have to be here and then he goes away and then all of a sudden jennifer lawrence's character trying to defend him ends up going going the eagles did this which was awesome and where was where was pat he was with me right it was like he was never there he's actually the the reverse mojo you need him away doing something else um and it's just the progression through everything because this is the weirdest the strangest the most odd romance story you've ever seen because it's about these two guys, two people who are crazy in their own ways pat being bipolar and she's just kind of crazy because her husband died um and and just they have these points where they have an argument they're yelling at each other and just for some reason in the end everything kind of smooths out and it's like they're yelling and she's like well can't you understand i love you mm. and it's like all this anger at this time when they actually confess of what what's going on at the end and it it's an it's such a sweet enticing movie and and i really recommend silver lightnings playbook i think it's a really great movie this is this is something once it comes out on blu-ray it's mine it's in my this is going to be one of those few this is a different type it's like that romance movie which i normally i don't get but um this is definitely one that's that's gonna be in my library so turn it into a romantic in your old age there but not the same type of romance. I've been romantic <laughs> myself for for things. But speaking of romantic, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll continue with things that I've watched because, in some sense, I've watched a couple of things that have been romantic. Um, yeah. yeah, I watched Bear City too. I saw it at our film festival, mm-hmm. yeah. so I've seen it too. I cried. Oh, what? you're a sap. <laughs> You cried, yeah, really? and I also screamed at um, Tyler at the, near the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. There was there was something that that he was complaining about and not just understanding. And I'm like, "What, you fucker, you idiot!" And um, but by the end of the movie, all of what I was yelling at him about was perfectly fine. I was a little upset about that. So, but but turn that around. Here's, here, here's my question to you, Jeff. As somebody like I didn't really care for the first one. Mm-hmm. Is the second one any improvement over the yeah, first? I, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I, I mean it, maybe because I <laughs> I like both of them, but they're both at the same level. They're not great movies. I will tell you that. And, and Doug, I love you to death. I'm glad you're making these movies. I love these characters and everything. Keep making them. But, you know, this is definitely not something that's ever going to see Oscars at all. No, but I mean, (laughs) you know, I think Doug, Doug actually introduced the movie at our film festival. mm -hmm. And I'll say that at least he, he, he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like he's, he knows he's got a niche. I think ultimately what I kind of got from it was he knows that he has a niche market for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he just wants to bring it to the, you know, bring it to the consciousness and actually let people like us see ourselves in the movies. 
Do you yeah, know what I mean? and and he knows yeah. how to direct. And I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's well made. It, I mean, this yeah. is definitely not like an amateur production in any way, shape, or form. It was well done. It's an enjoyable movie. You just, unfortunately, I can't say it's any sort of uh, that it has any sort of greatness. But this is something that definitely is fits for our niche, and mm, yeah. I, I can't really see it much expanding up beyond it. Besides yeah. the fact that you're that in one scene you have a couple people on a porch and then you look at and then it has the camera at the right angle pointing into a view into a bathroom where there are three bears buck ass naked and you're doing stuff mm-hmm. right um, the tri the the triad yeah the triad the chicago boys yeah 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 lord help us um <laughs> Okay, I mean, I, I, here, here, wait, wait, quickly, quickly here. Fred was my favorite character in this entire movie. Okay. Fred and um, Brent's wife, or not wife, mother. Oh, is that right? Kathy and Jimmy. Yeah. Um, besides the fact that I love Kathy to death, absolutely, she's fantastic. Uh, but that scene with Fred and her, mm. when he has his cap has his cap in his hand. He's like, uh, uh, I would like to ask you a question. <laughs> and then the results of that question, which you never see him ask. My favorite parts. I am trying yeah, to spoil I, anything. I mean, so. <laughs> right. Well, what, I, what I'll say about it is the first one, um, clearly the first one, I think for me was super campy mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. This one is still campy. Do mm. not get me wrong. Has, and has, the the obvious – how do I put it? The obvious product placement and the obvious um, – oh, God, what the word? The obvious um, – cameos mm-hmm. like are – really kind of ridiculous <laughs> in this one like product placement was was a big of the first one because clearly the sponsors whoever's sponsoring them is getting the you know right right you know but like every time they look at their phone all of a sudden there's a cut and it's a close-up to scruff right. you know and then it's like a cut again you know and it's like okay yeah. clearly scruff is sponsoring this movie um you know and then all of a sudden they're talking and then the film style will change completely, and mm. then it's somebody speaking to Kevin Smith on the phone, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, you know. And I'm like, clearly they recorded that in L.A. Oh, no, 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 no. See, um, but that was um, uh, what's his name? Why can't I remember his name? Malcolm. Malcolm. Um, uh, no, Michael. Oh, Michael. Michael is walking down the street, and right. all of a sudden, Kevin Smith's there. They have there this sweet little run in. Please come to the right. yeah, yeah, right. yeah, and move on. And then later on, Tyler's on Bruiser, mentioning something about him be him being proposed to. And then uh, Mike or um, Malcolm Ingram comes on t- the screen as a video chat, which is not a feature of Bruiser. Bruiser is also dead right now, so it's not mm-hmm. even But but. But still, it's but but you know what I'm saying. You know, it's right. like the the obvious product placement stuff, and um, yeah. you know, it it is. It's just it's it's there. Not but, okay. but it doesn't. I, I really I mean, it doesn't distract. And you well, know, here's here's what I'd ask you guys because my you know my biggest problem. I understand that you know these movies are 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 designed and targeted at a particular market of people, and it's a very small group. 
I guess my my biggest problem with the first movie, if you remember, is that it's not a movie that I would ever want somebody in my family to see and assume that like right. that's what happens like with everybody, like that's the norm. Like mm-hmm. I would say I would find that embarrassing. Would that be true with this one too? Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> this one this one even worse because they all went to Provincetown. Okay. And so it's all about the the shit that goes on at Provincetown, mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things that they do is they send the dad to the peers. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, they didn't send him oh, to the peers. Okay. He just happened to be there. He runs across the peers. <laughs> and right? He's like, oh, you know, and then there's, you know, then there's the guys in the triad who are still wanting to sleep with the other guys, mm. you know, and then there's the, you know, it, I mean, it, it's about, for people within our culture, it's one to laugh. It's we're to. It, it's really a designed movie right. for us to laugh at and chuckle about the um, the things right. we know about the inside. It is not for the outsider to see and kind right. of go, "Oh, that's what bears are like." Because if right. that's the truth, I would never want anybody yeah, to see it. This is all bear exaggeration, which right. uh, I think any bear would just be. I think it's absolutely hysterical and awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even make a CPAP joke. Right. I mean, it's like, oh, I think this is yours. <laughs> yeah, mine has the humidifier. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> they just have this whole conversation about it. You have a shot. Uh, one of my favorite shots, too, is is this shot of, you know, it's pretty much yeah, like everybody's sleeping. And they <laughs> and, all have their, yeah, they all have their yeah, and, machines on. <laughs> You got this one with the triad. You got the two of them with the CPAPs, and then 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 the littler cub in the middle just lying there, and it's just hilarious. Right. I'm so like, there's a, it's so like stuff it's that we would inch. consider, you know, inside jokes almost. Like you know, right. we understand what's so funny about it, but everybody else would be like, "Ew, <laughs> like what right. is so funny about this?" Right. I hated uh, Jason Stewart, who played Scott O. Like, I think it's – is it on Netflix right now? Um, I don't know if Bear City 2 is on it. I know Bear City was. When in doubt, there, we have this thing called the internet. Oh, yeah. Well, I pulled – I just opened Netflix. I just didn't have it up. Uh, Bear City 2, the proposal. Loading page is save. Okay. I was going to say one uh, of them is on – yeah, it's regular Bear City. It's the Bear first City Bear is City is on. Streaming. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, Stephen Garano, who plays Brent, was on his game. I mean this movie was all yeah. about him him just doing his thing. Um, I mean, of course and, – and also um, Kathleen Jimmy. Mm. Uh, her – she was – I, I wouldn't be surprised if Doug was like, OK, here's the basics – Go. <laughs> for I will say, it. for me, for me, the one thing about this that I really did like, though, is it ended the way I wanted it to end. Thank God. Yeah, I can. Yeah, uh, it I mean, ended the way I wanted it to end. It, it didn't end the way I expected it to end. Um, and I don't think I really had a way I wanted it to end. I knew what I didn't want to happen because the, the way I was. I'm wanted it to end was how I expected it to end, but it ended in a way that was unexpected, but I was okay with it. I didn't want them together. Nah. They, they shouldn't have been. I mean, and they basically, <laughs> during the entire, but during the entire thing, it was like, okay, they're the couple, they're going to get married and everything. But 
then then they showed they showed the gap i mean i mean that was pretty much like 50 percent, if not more of the movie was all about the the gap in the bear community between the muscle bears and the big bears. The chasers the chaser and big the, bear chasers, right yeah hmm yeah. You, did you, you, well, you know, in the first, in the first movie, Fuzz, this isn't spoiling, but you know, in the first movie that the thing was that was that the kid was going after Roger. Right. He was going after that silver daddy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he gets him in the end of the first movie. Right. Which I thought was ridiculous. I mean, should have never, well, ah! He's to- he, was, um, he was totally about a silver daddy. The only thing was he wanted some, someone with more, um, girth. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that was one big thing. And they have this whole whole jealousy thing through the end. And I was just like, no, it was just kind of a test to, to, before they get married and everything that, that they truly do love each other, despite the fact that they have these slight differences. And no, <laughs> that's not such a case. No, it's mm-hmm. just, no. Um, I don't know the guy who kind of uh, in that last scene that uh, Tyler was going out with. I wouldn't kick yeah. him out of it. Needless to say, but that's just me. You know. So I see that. Uh, I see that that uh, Stephen, you and I both saw something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of comedy, uh-huh. um, and oh, Kathy, Kathy and the Jimmy style comedy. Oh um, God. Yeah. No. Um, Identity Thief, starring Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy. I'm glad mm-hmm. I was never assigned this movie. Oh, but come on. It okay. It's an escapism type movie. I, right. I have this strange feeling it would be the second movie that I've ever walked out of, outside of Soft Reedy. Uh, I would no. I don't think it's a walkout kind of movie. You just had to watch the whole thing. You I know, have watched the whole thing. Stayed <laughs> or not? I it's full. It is full of embarrassing moments that you would, as you would say, it's I'm sure. I probably would have. Yeah, yeah. What I well, now? This is funny to me too, though, because like, what is your what are your feelings on um, uh, Mr. Stone Street, Jeff? Do you like Eric Stone Street? Who's Eric Stone Street? Uh, Cam from Modern Family. Uh, oh, the the big the bigger one. See, I don't even watch TV, so Modern Family, I really haven't seen. I've only seen a glimpse of. Okay. I'm assuming you mean the bigger of the gay couple. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, the guy who's not actually gay. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, because there's one hell of a possible embarrassing moment scene that I would just be curious if you would be able to even make it through at all. Which involves him and Jason Bateman and Melissa McCarthy together. Oh, God. That was him, wasn't it? Yes. Oh, my God. I totally didn't realize that until but, just now. And, and I will tell you right now, Eric Stone Street. Oh, that is Stone hilarious. Totally, totally Drew Worthy. Totally Drew Worthy. But, yeah, and he, he has a really nice butt. Uh, <laughs> and in this movie, he's see that in this movie? He yes, has silver facial hair in this movie now that you said it. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. I totally didn't think that was him. I would never yeah. put it. That is funny. Well, in his whole speech about, you know, people around these parts are quite conservative, you know. <laughs> Sorry. You have to see it to get it. Oh, wow. Uh, but I will definitely say that, you know, I, I went in, we were – Chad and I went to see the movie and we were kind of like, 
at the time it was like we were in the mood to go to the theater and it was like i think the only thing really out that even interested us at all and i'm like you know i like melissa mccarthy she usually makes me laugh um you know and i just heard jason bateman on howard stern show like a day or so before we saw it and he was really funny on the show so i was just like all right let's just go see it it'll be fun and i actually i really enjoyed it i thought it was funny yeah you know i did too i mean it took some twists and turns that i didn't expect and i liked Mm -hmm. that for a comedy like that um I thought it would. I mean, it's a screwball comedy. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Um, Jason Bateman is the straight guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Melissa McCarthy is the is the one throwing the punchlines. So she, you know, and that, and she's doing the physical, all the physical comedy. Yes. You know, it's so it's it's kind of formulaic in that in that end, but it definitely takes some funny little turns. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Patrick, his character is unique. <laughs> Yes, definitely unique. Um, Ti, you know, and Ti does is more fodder, but his um, the female is better. Mm-hmm. Loyak, <laughs> Loyak. <laughs> We're gonna use the Loyak to find him. <laughs> you know, like some of the stuff was. I mean, so and you know, and but I mean, I gotta give I gotta give it credit for them to doing some stuff that you would never would have thought. Like when Jason Bateman is like chasing her around her house and he's like hitting her with guitar and throwing up you know throwing a panini press (laughs) you know like stuff she's running away and he picks up a panini press and smacks her in the back of the head from like 15 feet away you would never think in a movie that you're gonna see a guy chuck a panini press at a girl you know what I mean it's just and then he picks up she's running back by and he's like God damn it. And he picks up a guitar and just smacks her in the face. <laughs> I mean, you're like, what the hell? Is and she's like, Jesus, don't you know not to hit a girl? You know, whatever he's <laughs> I mean, just the stuff that they do in this movie, actually, they do take stuff to, you know, it's an equal opportunity movie. You know what yes. I mean? Like it's, you know, and the whole movie, his name is Sandy. And the whole movie, no matter where he goes, the one thing they consistently do is they're like, that's a girl's name. <laughs> Everybody's like, he's like, it's named after Sandy Koufax. My dad was a baseball lover right. every time. <laughs> so they, they hit some really funny places in this movie. Um, and of course, the one scene that I'll, I'll kind of spoil in a way, but the one scene that you expected, she kept saying the entire time she didn't want to talk to his wife. She didn't want to talk to his wife because she didn't want to, you know, whatever. And when they finally get together (laughs) and they have their like heartfelt moment where you think it's going to open up, Melissa McCarthy, her character just inserts foot. (laughs) And, you know, she's like, where you think she's going to be like, I'm really sorry for putting all this pressure on your family. First thing she says is like, he didn't touch me. (laughs) No matter how much I tried to get him to touch me, he wouldn't touch me. I mean, like, it's just like, oh, my God. And her face is the the wife's face is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, honey, like I had any worry of that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that punch she does through the entire movie is freaking oh, the throat hot. Punch. The, the throat punch. <laughs> Everywhere yeah. she was, she go, boom. Like, <laughs> the throat punch. 
See, what I liked the most about the movie was that it was one of those where they actually didn't show everything in the trailers that was funny about yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. You know. So, so you know, it, it wasn't my favorite movie ever. No, it was it an enjoyable movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel bad about spending money to see it at the show. It was. It was right. a good time. Yeah, I'm. Lo- I'm more looking forward to seeing the one with her and Sandra Bernhardt, though. Or Sandra Bernhardt. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Where'd that come from? Sandra uh, Bernhardt. Sandra That'd Bullock. be amazing. Yeah, right. I'm more looking forward to seeing her as the bad cop because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be hilarious. Yeah, it does. I. It makes me laugh every time I see the trailer. Yeah. yeah. But so, uh, so I, I definitely would recommend Identity Thief for people who are fans of Melissa McCarthy. You're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. She's not overdone. It's the character she's playing is hilarious. Um, and I, it's not bridesmaids. It's not everybody being funny all the time. You know that kind of stuff. Right. But it's it, it's definitely worth if you're if you're a fan of hers and if you like Jason Bateman, which a lot of us do uh, these right. days. You know, I'd see it. It's worth yeah. it. It's that sort of opposing personality road trip movie. <laughs> right. You know? He's yeah. the anal A type, and she's the total B type. Live mm-hmm. by the seat of her pants. Right. You know, and every turn. He thinks he's got her one upped, and she's always got the edge, right. you know, and that kind of thing. So it's so, a funny one. What I'm really interested in talking about, though, or at least hearing, because I knew you wouldn't let me down in this one, <laughs> is your next movie. <laughs> Hansel. Hansel. Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel. Okay. My name um, is Gretel, and my brother is Hansel. Hansel. Something like that. Yes. Um, okay. Hansel and Gretel. I will say this. They take it They take it to a place that I never expected it to go for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the whole situation about how they ended up um, how they ended up going as kids, the very beginning, of course, is them going to the house. Mm-hmm. And what they come to realize is one of the interesting points is that when they started eating the house, the house had like a drug in it, you know, some kind of, you know, sleepy agent or had been charmed or whatever, which kind of made them kind of go unconscious. And then the witch, you know, and all this stuff. And and that whole scene of them burning the witch is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's very well. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I just think the plot was kind of weak. As a whole, okay. Um, but what I what I can reveal because I don't know how many people will actually see it at this point. If you haven't seen it already, because it's out of the theaters, really, it's only around like four theaters here. Um, the what you come to find out is that they're descendants um, of witches themselves. Okay. So that ends up being kind of one of the big plot twists that you come to find out. <clears throat> um. You know, but but the so they're 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 from the light side of witches. There's good witches and bad witches, mm-hmm. you know, and that kind of thing. And it's all the bad witches are trying to come together and take over the world. Um, and Femka, Femka Jansen, mm-hmm. is the ultimate bad witch, the one who's really trying to get everybody together. So it ends up being a little more. It ends up being kind of an, an you know an interesting action film uh, with some interesting scenes and some interesting stuff, but it's it's an action movie without much of a plot. Okay. Um, it looks good. 
Um, Jeremy Renner is hot as usual in it. Um, how's how's the campiness factor? Is it campy at all, or is it? Who I, I don't think I would call it campy because like it's very sci-fi fantasy ish. Yeah. Um, not See, so much campy. Reminds me of you know it has this feeling because they're dressed in period clothes, but mm-hmm. it has more of a feeling of like um, underworld or. Okay. Um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, where they're trying to make it real. Right. You know, they're trying to make it feel real. So they didn't go campy with it. They tried to yeah. make a serious film about the life of Hansel and Gretel. I guess I guess from the trailers, it always came off to me as very Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter meets sci-fi Sharknator movie of the week, kind of. Yeah, I didn't get it. I think that the production value is actually pretty high. And yeah. I Obviously, that Jeremy. I mean, yeah. Were there some? Are there some one-liners? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess she'll know not to come at us again. You know, whatever. After you know, whatever won't bother us again after mm-hmm. they've had off. You know, or things like that. But um, you know, it's that kind of. But it's an action film first. Gotcha. Um, eh, I could deal. You know, you could. It's one you could watch on silent and be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you're an action sci-fi or fantasy kind of person, um, I wouldn't call it a horror movie. Um, you know, it's not really about that. Um, it's just about like, you know, ultimately, like they're the major, va- they're the, the major vampire hunters. They're the major witch hunters, and mm-hmm. the, based off of what they've done. And so they're they're on their way to rid the world of witches, and gotcha. what they turn, you know, what they decide witches are is interesting. You know, they have like elemental witches. They have, um, you know, like they have all kind. I mean, witches can be. You know, there's witches in the woods. There's witches in the wind. There's witches in the you know from every angle. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting play on. Is but it's not a, it's not a franchise. It's definitely not a. So there's going to be no Hansel and Gretel too. I I would dare to think that there would be one. Even Hanseler. Yeah, I, I mean it's a, it's it is what it is. I mean it's not. It might get some Razzies. I don't know. You know, yeah. Jeremy Renner. Just I always I think it would be a movie that I would be willing to rent or maybe watch on Netflix. Absolutely, I yeah. would. I, would encourage that yeah. you know i i don't know that i'm gonna buy i, I doubt that i'm gonna buy this because i don't really know that there's anything that's worth redeeming on it you know mm-hmm. having it forever but uh it was fun to watch yeah it has to be for me to want to buy a movie it's got to be something that i know i'm gonna want to watch multiple times like there's nothing in it for me to feel like i, I mean i watched it it's sort of like when we when we saw Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was interesting, but I saw it. Right. I kind of it, and I think I think this is one of those movies too. Gotcha. I think particularly like um, Gemma Artenton played, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that she did in this movie that I didn't really care for. Well, first thing she looked totally like. Um, Ben Affleck's wife, Jennifer Garner, the yeah. entire movie. I felt like she looked like Jennifer Garner. Um, 
but she was trying to play this whole like emotionless girl mm-hmm. fight kind of thing and she it just made her look wooden the entire okay. like instead of emo- she didn't emote at all like her eyes were always like you know eyes and lips pursed eyes forward mm-hmm. pursed so she looked like just this china doll like of with no emotion on her and i get <laughs> That's probably what she was trying to go for, but it distracted for me. Mm. You know, rather her been like, come on, bitch, you know, like, or whatever, you know, like kind of be in the moment. Like Jeremy Renner was a little more to show that brother sister kind of similarity. Um, but, you know, I don't particularly didn't really care for her performance so much. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my, my hyper vigilant perspective on Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, like, like I said, it's, it always comes off as sort of like a sci-fi movie, like sci-fi network. Um, and I think that's why I didn't really. Yeah. Quality was higher. You yeah. know, I, it was definitely a studio film. Gotcha. Yeah. It's gotta be a movie that a movie that I'd be wanting to watch over and over again. And, and speaking of movies that I've watched over and over and over again, um, one of them that I finally, I finally broke down and brought, bought the Blu-ray and most people are, are really surprised that, um, I never bought it before, which is the fifth element. Ah, oh, the fifth element. And there's a reason why I never bought the Blu-ray. It's because when the, the first Blu-ray of that movie came out, it was a horrible transfer. It looked worse than the DVD. Um, So Sony had to remaster it. And for the longest time, there was no way to tell whether the one that you had was going to be a good one or a bad one. Oh, gotcha. So, like, I waited on purpose, like, a year or more before I actually bought it, hoping that, like, okay, hopefully all the bad ones have been either returned or been bought. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I can finally break down and buy this, and and luckily I did buy a good one, and I will say that it looks amazing on Blu-ray. Um, this is one of those movies, and and I actually started a little thing here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into an, another movie doing this, but you know I'm a pretty big movie guy. I've seen lots of movies. I own lots of movies. Um, my boyfriend, though has not seen a lot of movies like it has to be a really big deal like either in the news or everybody talking about it at one point in his life for him to have gone and seen stuff so much like there used to be the little twitter feed of shit my dad says Mm -hmm. i've decided that i'm going to start tweeting out and posting movies that chad has never seen because inevitably in the conversation, I'll be talking to him about a movie or I'll be like, oh, yeah, I got to get this. I want to see this. And he'll look at me and be like, I've never seen it. And I'm like, what? And while he has seen parts of the fifth element, he hasn't seen the whole thing through because I know his ex uh, tried to get him to watch it. And he was just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't I don't understand what everybody thinks is so great about this movie. Um and I'm going to make him watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> you will watch this until you like it. Um, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, people will make comments or post things on Facebook that are Fifth Element related. And he doesn't under he's like, what what are they talking about? And I'll be like, you just have to watch the movie. 
So, cause you're not going to get any of these little pop culture references. You know, somebody says Lilo Dallas multipass and he's like, what is that? Like what? Oh. <laughs> you know, and this, I, hurts. this really hurts. I'm, like... I, I'm always making little references and stuff like that, you know, <sighs> and he's just like, he'll, you know, blank stare at me. Like, what are you talking about? Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to remedy this, but so I watched that. I haven't made him watch it yet. Um, I watched it up by myself. Um, but there was one that I was talking to him. There's a couple movies. I haven't posted the other one yet. But the, the first one I posted was Braveheart. Okay. Are you putting uh, this under a specific Twitter or, or some sort no, of? No, no. It's mine. Just. Oh. Uh, so I got to watch your Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's never seen Braveheart. And I think I literally dropped whatever I was holding in the kitchen at the time. Like, <laughs> you're like, hey, <laughs> thing. Chink. Yeah, right, so right. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to remedy this. And I like, I had bought Braveheart on Blu-ray, but I hadn't watched it yet. So I'm like, I like literally like just stopped what I was doing, went downstairs, grabbed the Blu-ray. And I'm like, we're watching this today. I'm like, I hope you don't have any plans because it's a long movie. <clears throat> you know, so I made him watch it. And he liked it, you know, I was like, I'm like, you know, this was like a big, huge deal when, but that era of time, like when Braveheart came out was right around the time where he's like, yeah, I didn't just, I didn't go to the movies then. Like I didn't pay attention to anything that was going on in the movies. And so I was like, Ugh. but the other one, I'll give you guys a little preview because it'll probably come up on the list for watching is another movie that he's never seen Jurassic Park. Oh Whoa, what, wait what? Oh, wow. never seen Jurassic Park. Now, never seeing the first one is yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> the others, I, it's, it's fine, but the first, yeah, it, it, it does not compute. I mean, yeah. what? <laughs> and I'm constantly doing this. That's why I'm like, I'm just gonna start tweeting these out. It is. It is now Braveheart. Uh, one Braveheart is now at the uh, top of my um, uh, uh, Netflix queue now. Uh, as soon as I tr finally get through Pleasantville, which I'm having a little bit of issues part because I forgot how embarrassing moments are there are in there, um, and uh, um, I'm going to send that back and get the Blu-ray for for Braveheart. So we'll at least be talking about that next show. And um, yeah, um, Jurassic Park. Yeah, that that should be in queue. Fortunately, I've got that already. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I'm, I'm not trying to breeze through some of my stuff here because there's a couple other things I want to spend some time talking about. But <clears throat> the other thing was, you know, I think it had to have been TNT because they always do like the James Bond uh, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and caught the end of uh, For Your Eyes Only. And then they played The Spy Who Loved Me, which is one of my favorite Bond films. Only because there's so much iconic stuff in it, like the submarine sports car and right the underwater lair with the sharks. Once uh, I saw you saw that, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking so. of that, speaking well, since you're speaking of Bond, mm -hmm. I would encourage you to on um, Netflix right now. They have like a 50 years of Bond kind of documentary thing. Yeah. But they mm -hmm. talk about the development of it, the movies. Hmm. Um, and they go through kind of the, um, uh, I watched it not too long ago. I'm forgetting, forgetting the actual title, but you can find it in there. Um, but they talk about 
how, you know, Ian Fleming, you know, how they talk about the concept and how he wrote it and then how they first cast it and some of the drama they went through, <clears throat> you know, with Roger Moore. Right. Um, you know, and 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 the whole history of the Bond stuff. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, especially considering they did like the 50, 50th anniversary stuff at the Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I was like, I feel like I know information. <laughs> you know, like I, thought, I was like, I feel like I know that I'm when they smart. would talk. About it. Yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm prepared. Sweet. So you might be interested in the background. Cause you know, I love that shit. So I figured you oh, guys yeah. would too. <laughs> totally do. What other, what other things were you watching, Steve? Uh, I saw, well, speaking of documentaries, again, Netflix doesn't let me down on the documentaries that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I watched a while ago and I just rewatched it because I just felt the need was one called, um, this film is not yet rated. Have either of you seen that one? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. It's yeah. It's like a, you. I, ne- it's I a, just see it and then it's like, I don't feel like a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> well, I understand that. Um, I think you would like it though because it's very specifically film related. Mm. Um, the mo- what it's about itself is um, this guy who goes in to try to figure out how the MPAA works. Right. And um, I don't know what kind of impact he had on it, um, you know, really long term. But it talks about like, um, you know, who the MPAA says or the people that watch movies and rate them and how the rating system works. Right. Um, and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it's actually pretty, pretty interesting. I don't want to give it away, uh, but he hires like a private detective, right? Um, to kind of who happens to be a lesbian. So it's also a lesbian film. Hey, um, oh, he hires a private detective to uh, uh, investigate the MPAA. Yeah, to try to figure out who the people are that are on the MPAA board. <laughs> so they're like sitting outside the MPAA, like with you know. <laughs> trying to watch people come in and out of there and then we'll yeah. follow them to places and like sit next to them and the and you know and see if they what they talk about right I mean, it's like, sort of it's a sort of a secret because they don't want anybody to like influence them right Isn't right that like... right. right but but what he's trying to show too is that like he doesn't want anybody to influence them but some of the people are like some of them are are family members and or associated with people in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Sony, Touchstone, you know, all these different, you know, they go through right. all that stuff and it's like, hmm, they don't, they want these people who are middle, there's middle America or whatever, but hmm. Right. <laughs> Funny that they all happen to be got their yeah. toe in the door with somebody, right? Right. Or they're, you know, they're all connected or they're all like, it's not a racially diverse group or it's not a this, you know, it's, they say that there's a set of standards. What he's trying to ultimately say is that they say there's a set of standards, but they also won't give you feedback. They'll view your film, give you a rating. And then if you're like, what do I need to do in order to do this? Like they don't always give you feedback where some people will get feedback. Others will never get feedback. So, you know, it's sort of like a weird, you know, arbitrary thing. Arbitrary thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's what he's trying to show. Yeah. Um, you know, and explain. Hmm. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I, I know it's been sort of on my radar, but I've never actually had time to just sit down and watch it. So, yeah. So that's one that's there. Cool. Yep. 
What about you, Jeff? How did you like House of Cards? House of Cards. Um, this is a brilliant show. I mean, this is Alan Sorkin-ish level. You know, if, if you basically, if you took the uh, West Wing and twisted it into the Congress mm-hmm. and twisted it a little bit more, right. um, you've got House of Cards. I mean, I I really feel like it's that level of a show uh, because. West Wing, freaking amazing. Um, House of Cars, also freaking amazing. But it's a very different. It's it's the same level of quality, and a, but a very different show about a relatively the same topic, uh, just focusing in a different area, uh, and and it's about kind of the evil side of government. You would almost say, mm-hmm. and how each how Frank. Uh, played by Kevin Spacey, uh, full name Francis, mm. um, and his his wife are trying to. Well, actually, it's more about Frank twisting everybody's uh, uh, view to try to get his way, mm. um, and sometimes getting screwed in the process by other, for other reasons. And just the tone of the show, the music of the show. I mean, it's David Fincher. Um, uh, started directing it, and I don't think it was all directed by him, but uh, you know, he started it off and getting the tone. One of my favorite parts is the fact that they have uh, a Frank break the fourth wall. Yes. In these very these very subtle ways, sometimes these very subtle ways, sometimes these very obvious ways. Of course, no one else in this scene realizes he's doing anything. Uh, it's more of his, you know, his internal monologue. He's just saying it to the camera or rolling his eye, even just these minor rolling his eyes to the camera. And it's just so subtle and and well done and well integrated. I mean, when he's doing the interior interior monologue, it's just in that gap of conversation or while he's walking down the hall and he would normally not be talking to anyone anyways. um, Or, you know, just kind of like his internal response to a comment that somebody's made in the case of rolling the eyes and such like that, which is one of my favorite parts. And then just the kind of how he, he almost screws his wife uh, for what her endeavors are and how she screws him back. Mm. And, but the, in the end it's like, we're in this together and we're, we're going to rule right dc and it's just this i really don't know how to describe it but it's an amazing amazing series and i think it's just awesome that you can easily binge on this i mean i I watched three or four episodes in in one night uh because it's all just on netflix and i mean this is more of a reason i mean having a netflix queue just because you love movies and television shows in the first place is it, but this is an extra special bonus. And if you haven't subscribed to Netflix already, subscribe to Netflix, watch House of Cards, and then take a look at what else is there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to want to quit because there's going to be another season of House of Cards. And you might as well just keep that subscription up until it comes on and you're going to use it. Uh, right. Even just for the streaming stuff, not for, not for also uh, uh, getting DVDs. Obviously, this is streaming only. But have you got either of you guys watched any of the House? I've I watched the first episode. Um, I haven't had time to watch any other ones. Um, 
I, what I really find interesting about this is like, and I agree with a lot of the things you said as far as it's very West Wing, but to me, it's like the West Wing kicked up into cinema because it feels very film like. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're watching a TV show. I think that's probably some David Fincher influence yes. there. Yes, it's very it's very cinematic. Um, and I don't know what it is, but Kevin Spacey is one of those actors who he's one of the few that can pull off that whole breaking the fourth wall thing perfectly. Like mm. I, I, I totally expect Kevin Spacey to be walking down the street by himself, like having a conversation to a non-existent camera. Like that would totally make <laughs> sense to me. Cause he and just doesn't think he's crazy. <laughs> no. Cause it, it just totally, it's like, Oh, he, well, you know, he's just doing his thing. His Kevin Spacey thing. You know, because there's just there's some actors that do it so well, and he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And the the thing that I find most interesting about this is this is really uh, shifting a paradigm here because not only is it okay, you've got Netflix which is producing this, which is a new thing, mm-hmm. but it's a different model where we've shot an entire season's worth of stuff and we're just going to release it all at once. You know, no waiting a week or a month for every episode to come out. It's here's the series. Watch it as much or as little as you want, you know, and basically, you know, it's doing what you said is it's generating uh, buzz and, you know, through word of mouth, people watching it, which is like, Oh, well I have to get Netflix in order to watch it. Okay. Well, you know what? Let me get, they, they have a month free or whatever, a week free. I'll sign up and see if I like it, you know, and then eight bucks a month. Right. For for all the streaming you want, and you, besides being able to watch all the House of Cards you want, you right. can also watch a whole bunch of different movies and television shows. I mean, I mean, just at the price. I mean, now we're just kind of you know preaching to the choir about Netflix, but uh, I mean, this is one of the reasons. And they're going to have a season two that's already been confirmed that they're that Netflix has already ordered that. And the nice thing about this is like, look, we're not going to cancel you mid season because well all the shows are up at once. So we just have the entire content. It's basically, they they put up an entire movie. It just ends up being like eight hours long and split into, well, not eight hours. It's 13 13 episodes. So it's 13 hours or something like that. And long and and into hour-long increments. And if people like it, they watch it because, you know, sometimes there is ones where there's a good portion of people that, that really like it. And then some people who don't watch it and they only watch a couple episodes, but then those people who like it don't have to worry about other people not liking the show. The ratings are terrible. And then it's canceled mid season. Well, you don't have to worry about this in this case. It's just, you do the show, you tell your story. Netflix was very hands off on this. There's uh, interviews with the guy who was working with, with this project uh, a week or two ago on, on Twitch frame rate show. Right. And it was like, they had this freedom to do their thing, tell their story. And then they said, here, you, you ordered 13 episodes. Here's their 13 episodes. And Netflix put them up and was like, Hey, we think this is great. Take a look at it. And it, everybody that I've heard anything about has just been raving saying this, this show is fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, this is a great thing. And then they're going to bring Arrested Development, which a lot of people really liked. But I think it was on Fox, and Fox decided, nah, we don't want it anymore, and canceled it. But people wanted more Arrested Development. And from my understanding, Arrested Development is just putting one additional season, and it's really supposed to kickstart movies. But 
Uh, which will probably end up on Netflix <laughs> after they well, come out. Well, for me, the the paradigm shift here is not is because what they're really doing is they're adopting sort of like the BBC model. Because like the BBC, you know, they'll they'll fund a show, they fund an entire season almost mm-hmm. always. So you get or at least series, one, as right. they call it, or there you always get one series at least. So it has time for it to sort of find its audience. You know, the big difference here is that. Obviously, A, it's a streaming company that's doing this, and they're, again, releasing the whole thing all at once. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can consume this entire show or series or season all at one time. My only worry is that is if this model takes off, that, you know, you're going to see, you know, exclusive shows that you can only get if you have a Netflix subscription, and then you're going to have exclusive stuff that's only available on Hulu and then you're going to have exclusive stuff that's only available on Amazon. And then we're right back to, well, now I've got to subscribe to all these different services in order to consume all these shows. So, you know, where I was saving money by not having a $150 a month cable bill, you know, now it's building back up to where I have to have subscriptions to 20 different, you know, 20 different services that I may or may not use all the time in order to watch these shows. So that's the only thing that I see as like the possible bad thing about this. But yeah, we'll, well see. You know, the, the, the brand new uh, Parliament of Dice uh, uh, show on Hulu, I may not want to see. So this allows me the a la carte of being like that channel of Hulu. I don't want to have anything to pay for. So I don't, I'm not going to pay for that. It gives you more choice on what channels you're, you're looking for. It, I mean, do you want to consume everything that's out there? I mean, sure. I'll, I would love to pay, you know, a, a five ninety nine a month to get HBO go, or even another, you know, seven ninety nine is I'm paying for Netflix because I want to watch game of Thrones, which I just happened to order the Blu-rays of the first season for, uh, just today. So I should have by Monday. Um, so, but I can't do that without a cable subscription, and that just doesn't do it. But I don't, so I don't have that option for what I'm looking for. If I had more of those options, I would be probably paying for some more services. I already have Netflix. I already have uh, Amazon Prime. Of course, that's just no eighty bucks a year. So that's actually probably cheaper than Netflix. The one I'm paying for Netflix, but uh, I mean. I like having this choices of sources, and but also having the availability of the content whenever I want, however I want it. I can watch my Amazon stuff. I can watch my Netflix stuff on my computer, on my TV, on my phone. I mean, I have this flexibility for where I want to watch it, I can. And I want that more flexibility to be able to watch all of these without mm. having to worry about where I am. If I'm at my parents' house, if I can log into Netflix and on my laptop so I can watch something, I want to be able to do that. It, it shouldn't matter where I am as long as I have an account and I'm paying for it. it should be fine. And uh, Hulu's doing that, obviously, although they really haven't had anything I'm really wanting to purchase a subscription for Mm -hmm. um and i and lately unfortunately i haven't really been watching that much stuff so um but that allows you that choice you know you pay for content you actually are using and uh or actually watching i'm not going to get hulu because there's i'm not watching anything on there um if i had something i'd pay for it and i like that 
because I know I'm getting content. I'm getting it legitimately. I'm not worrying about anything. And uh, honestly, I even tried Hulu Prime to watch a couple episodes of Castle, and it worked great on my television. Right. And these services are doing their job. They're doing it well. And I'm wanting to pay for it. I'm I'm willing to pay for it. I want the content to continue, and I'm right. I'm there for them. I'm not. And I, that's I, I I totally get that. To me, the problem is though is when the content, uh, the people who are serving you the content are also the content creators. You're basically back into a network television or cable television situation. True, yeah, you know. But, you're right, but you, I, but it's still, it, but it's more in an a la carte situation. For now, if you want that content, you pay for that content. I don't have to get like a cable package that covers 359 channels, and I'm only watching like three of them. Right, I understand you know, that. I want to pay for those three channels. I understand and that. In this case, in this case, for for Amazon Prime and and. And Netflix, the two that I actually pay for, well, besides the fact that I get free two-day shipping from with my Amazon Prime membership, I also get all of this content of various things that range everywhere. And same for Netflix. I get this broad range of stuff instead of just like a single channel's worth of content. And Hulu does the same thing. They have multiple channels uh, on that for that one, too. And eventually, yeah, it may end up being like you have to subscribe to NBC. You have to subscribe to ABC for some of these older contents or something. I don't see that anywhere in the near future. It's going to end up being services. It's well, no, I, I'm more saying on the language. Well, yeah, the only way that you're going to get to watch House of Cards is if you subscribe to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was an outside production company that made House of Cards, you know, they could sell that show to Hulu. They could sell it to Netflix. They can right. sell it to Amazon. Now that Netflix is the one making it, Netflix has no incentive to make that content available anywhere else. Yeah. In, in this know. case, they funded the show, so they right. funded production specifically. But that right. can still happen. Well, unless, I mean, well, unless they syndicate it, they're going to start using the same kind of thing, you know, wording that they use on network broadcasts well, now. And the nice, the nice thing when it comes to like worldwide, uh, Netflix has exclusive for the United States on House of Cards, but they can actually go to some other services outside the country too. So, um, and they, I think they have been selling it to some other services. So right. it's, I mean, just because Netflix did the original funding for it, of course, they're going to be right on the title of it. I mean, the, the beginning of the show, it says a Netflix original series, which right. for some reason, when I first watched this show and I saw that pop up, I'm like, that is so freaking awesome. <laughs> I don't know why. They just... have a they have another one coming out. They're working on a they're working on a horror one right now, which I'm probably not going to watch. That one. Which I, um, I, I just read about it the other day, but I can't remember it. I want to. Th- uh, I'm going to forget. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Speaking of horror, what else did you watch, Steven? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Smartass. Medea. No, is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Are you calling her? No. Um, no, I said horror, not whore. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, I know why. I thought about it because um, I'll tell you that this is why I was thinking about the Netflix thing is because I watched Battlestar Galactica recently. Mm. And when um, – when I was watching it, I noticed that um, the the lady who played Lieutenant D mm-hmm. uh, in Duala, she's mm-hmm. going to be in something. And it's a bunch of the people from Battlestar Galactica from Canada. 
um, okay. that are going to be in this. And it's I just found it. It's called Hemlock Grove. Mm. It's something about um, werewolves in this town, and it's going to have – there's all kinds of people in it. Um, it's going to be produced by Eli Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, as one, and then there's a bunch of you know a bunch of other people that are in it because I looked it up on IMDb. So, but but a bunch of the Battlestar Galactica people are going to be in it. So quite interesting. Um, but anyway, but I did see. Um, yes, I, I put I just put it up here because this was one of the funnier Medea movies for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the one that um, it's basically where Loretta Devine. <laughs> The Big Happy Family is about Loretta Devine is um, Medea's cousin, mm-hmm. and um, her she's dying of cancer, and so she wants to have like one last family meal together. Right. But the whole family won't. The whole family can't be in the same room together at the same time. Gotcha. It's just this whole drama of this whole thing. And, you know, you've got the kid who's trying to do well. You've got the snooty daughter. You've got the working class daughter that the, you know, they all can't be at the table at the same time. And, of course, all the family stuff comes out. But I think what what I liked about it was just it's, um, you know, it, it seemed real. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> nobody's family is perfect. Right. Drama, so I think that that's what Tyler Perry is trying to get on it. But some of them are really way crazy over the top, and this one goes there too. But um, I've I kind of liked I liked this one, so mm-hmm. I suggest, thought it was this good suggestion. This is one of those series that I, I've never seen any of them. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just never never in- seemed too interesting to me. I don't know. I. I see the trailers or whatever for the Medea things, and I, I, for whatever reason, I immediately think of like, uh, what's what was Eddie Murphy's? Oh, wait, Big like, Mama. No, Big Mama. That was Martin Martin Lawrence. Oh, that was Martin Lawrence. Yeah, Big Mama's house. And, uh, Nettie Professor. Nettie well, Professor. there's the Nettie Professor, and then there was the the clumps or the. Yeah, yeah. and Nettie pr- Professor yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, the clumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like kind of what I think of when I see that. <laughs> Yeah, I think you you have to sit down and you have to watch one of them. Yeah, you know what I mean, and just kind of you got to get Medea. Medea witness protection was funny too, because I had um, Harvey. Was it, who was it? Was it Harvey Keitel? But witness protection was funny. Okay, I've seen a few of them here and there, but um, but other than that, um, I came across a couple of things that I thought people might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, Monsters University. Have you watched it yet? Have you watched the preview? I've, I've seen the previews for it, yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it looks cute as heck. Well, I just ordered my Monsters Inc. 3D Blu-ray today, so and It'll it's one awesome. of my <laughs> it, it's it's one of my favorite Pixar movies ever. So of course, yes, I expected that. Mm-hmm. Um. But definitely, um, if you have not seen it, um, I, I like the. I'm particularly going to like this because you know, having being a, you know college guy and working in college and stuff, like I was laughing just at some of the stuff they were talking about with roommates and rotation uh-huh. and picking your major and so you know, like I, I think I'm going to like you know kind of where it's going, but it looks like it's going to be pretty interesting and funny. Um, and then another one that's a uh, speaking of university, uh, yeah. it's <laughs> like in this whole college theme. What the hell? Um, Vamp U, 
um i read i was reading something about it and i was like this sounds like it's going to be kind of stupid but then i was reading <clears throat> i read i read another thing about it and then i saw that the trailer was up. and yeah it's going to be stupid but <clears throat> <laughs> it's going to be campy and funny, but what I find really is different about this one is uh, the story about it, which is funny, is the professor's name, his name is Wayne Gretzky, and everything says no relation, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> you know, nice. everything is, professor Wayne Gretzky, no relation. Mm-hmm. You, know, the, you know, meets a student. Um, he's a vampire, like 500-year-old vampire who can't um, who can't get it up. Get his fangs out. He's impotent. So he has. So he accidentally bites this girl in a moment of passion because she reminds him of someone that he was with 500 years ago, uh-huh. and he kills her. Uh-huh. And doesn't make anything. And he goes ahead and turns her. Well, she decides she wants to turn her whole sorority. No, oh, nice. Whole, you know, like <laughs> this whole thing, and and so it gets it gets bigger and bigger. So um, I thought just be, it's going to be can't be funny horror you know so i'm i'm interested in just seeing what it's going to be all about i mean yeah, i'm I, saying rush to the theater for it don't get me yeah, wrong I'm, i've yet to see it i've never seen a trailer for it is it sort of campy in the original buffy the vampire slayer way not quite that campy okay but but campy where it's like well probably a little more not you know like it might be a little more buffy the vampire slayer mm-hmm um, but it's not as as serious. It's not a serious movie. Gotcha. Uh, but it's not like outright camp. But it's definitely kind of in that that Buffy zone. Gotcha. Um, you know, the, the two the two geeky guys that decide to help the professor. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be some slapsticky. I'm sure there's gonna be some, you know, some like hot chick vampire trying to eat one of them, and they're gonna be like. Oh, dude, you have popped her boob, you know, or something, you know, there's gonna be, uh, you know, nice. dumb rap like that and stuff. But it, it, it seems like it's going to be cute and just something different. So I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a straight up horror, of course, but it'd be worth seeing to see. What Funny that you should mention boobs. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, You know, because we all, you know, back in the day, we all saw Machete. And we know that there's a the sequel is on its way. It's got a release date of September 13th. Um, so uh, they've released a poster <laughs> for the movie that features Sofia Vergara with uh, I don't I don't know how this contraption is supposed to work, but she's literally wearing a bustier with her boobs are spewing bullets, like machine gun boobs. It's okay. like yeah. It's it. I don't know that that poster alone is like I'm so there to see this movie. <laughs> Obviously, Robert Rodriguez has a thing for like busty chicks with guns because you, know, you guys seen Planet Terror, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Planet Terror, you know, you've got the go-go Rose dancer Bell. with the mini gun in her leg. Yeah. Now Rose we've Bell. got yeah. Now we got Sofia Vergara with bullet spewing boobs. So, yeah, it's like total like fembot Austin Powers. Well, Michelle Rodriguez and Jessica Alba were in the original Machete, right? And they're gonna be back in this one again. Yeah. So, just that alone has made me like, I want to see this. Well, I mean, do you remember the original? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to have to expect the, the pretty much the same thing, same type of thing. And I don't know about you. This type of movie is my sort of thing. Yeah. Ridiculousness, but just for some reason full of awesomeness all at the same time. <laughs> and I can't believe you haven't seen Planet Terror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen either of those movies from the yeah. Grand, from Grand especially, House. Especially since the original Machete trailer was in Grand It was House. in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely need to check that out some, um, and uh, be watching for that for September. Yeah. Se- September, right? Yeah. September 13th. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. So the other thing too is I know we we touched on it briefly. We're talking about all the the Star Wars hubbub that's going around. So there's been like little details here and there leaked, more so about the deal and the things that happened before Mr. Lucas made the deal with Disney. Um, for one thing, uh, I don't know if we talked about it the last time, but you know he got four billion dollars from mm-hmm. Disney for the sale, but he actually took all that money and gave it away to charity. He actually didn't keep any of it. Mm-hmm. Which just goes to show you how much money he has. That he's just like, oh, I don't need it. Here's four billion. Um, but the main interesting thing to me is that I guess before he actually penned the deal and and told the guys at Disney that you know this is what I want to do, he actually called uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, and talked to them to tell them that this was going down and that he really, really, really wanted to see them in the future movies. Like, so that started, you know, a couple, like I think it was like maybe a week ago or maybe a little over a week ago, there was this huge story about how Carrie Fisher was going to be in the new movie. Like Princess Leia was going to be in the new movie. And then Carrie Fisher's like, well, I was just fooling around when I said that. Some reporter asked me and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be in the new Star Wars movie. Well, what it comes down to is basically this conversation that Lucas had with them before he made this whole deal public was, you know, I would really love to see you in the future films. Um, I guess he had already had three uh, drafts for the, for three future movies written. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really didn't want the, the people at Disney to read them. Um, and he made them sign like some crazy agreement that they couldn't tell anybody, like if they read them, what they were about. Um, so it was like, yeah, he forced them to sign an agreement that they wouldn't share any of the stuff. Um, and then Kathleen Kennedy, who's now the CEO of Lucasfilm, like she convinced J.J. Abrams to take over the directing job. Because remember, there was a rumor going around that he was, you know, that they wanted him to direct. And he was like, oh, no, I, you know, I'm not doing Star Wars. And then it was like two weeks later. It's like, oh, J.J. Abrams is directing Star Wars. I was like, wait, what? Well, I guess, like, the CEO of Lucasfilm, like, hunted him down and was like, no, you need to direct this movie. Like, we're, I'm going to convince you that you need to direct this this first one at least. Um, so it's just the, all these little interesting details that are coming out of this whole Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney deal that as we get closer and closer, you know, to an eventual release, it's just kind of interesting to hear all these things pop out. I mean, are you guys excited for this? Are you worried? I think there's still, for me, there's still a lot that needs to happen between now and then. And I'm kind of just waiting to see, you know, but I've told, I think I've told you guys like the last couple, I don't even think I've seen 
the last couple Star Wars movies. Because mm-hmm. I was I liked the originals so much, mm-hmm. and then I saw the first one, um, the first remake, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of was like, okay. You know, but I haven't really kind of been into You're destroying the, my childhood. Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. So I, I kind of from there, I, you know, I'm interested to see what's going to happen, but I'm, you know, whatever. Right. You know, I'm kind of like, well, if it gets here, it gets here. I'll go see it. Yes. For me, it was, you know, because Star Wars was such a favorite movie of mine, you know, yeah. Growing up, it was like one of my first memories is going to see that movie. Um, when the first prequel came out, you know, when you did the midnight showing and, and saw I think I saw it like two or three times, actually. But I think, you know, at the time I was riding on this sort of like wave of, you know, oh, my God, Star Wars in the theater again, excitement. Right. You know, and I used that to sort of coast into the second and third one. And then after it was all done and over with, I kind of, you know, got to look back and went, yeah, you know, that first one really wasn't that good. Yeah. (laughs) And the second one, while it was an improvement, really wasn't that good, you know? And it was like, then it was kind of where it hit me and I was like, wow, these really weren't that great. Like, yeah. um, And it was like a long sobering experience for me. So I'm sort of scared, but you know, I have, I think it's a good thing that Mr. Lucas doesn't have direct control anymore. Right. Yeah. Because I think that was the problem, mostly. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I'll tell you something I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, they have finally picked the director and producer of Poltergeist remake. Yeah. Who is it? And uh, well, Sam Raimi has been announced as the producer, which is okay. a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then um, Jill or Gil uh, Keenan, who did Monster House, okay. um, is going to be the is has been announced as director. Now they're still only on the second draft, according to this the stuff on here mm-hmm. um, of the the screenplay and everything. Um, so they're not really releasing any any major detail. Um, but I am happy that Sam Raimi's involved because he clearly knows some some scary stuff. Um, but you know, like this is one that this is such a classic. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's so much around it, you know, like all the poltergeist, um, you know, all, all the, you know, the stuff from like the, the real skeletons to, um, you know, a lot of the, the crew deaths and the curse, the curse of poltergeist. And yeah, there's all this stuff around it and everything that, um, I, I'm, I mean, it'd be weird. It's going to, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's a need again, one of these situations where I don't know that there's a need to remake this classic, but, um, hopefully it's in the right hands, you know, cause they're, they're re- they're remaking my entire childhood. Well, our entire childhood. Mm-hmm. So they may as well, <laughs> Clearly, yeah. we grew up in the right time, Ray. Why? Why stop now, right? Exactly. You know, clearly, clearly, everything that you know, old is new again. Yeah. Well, you're just gonna have to weep for our grandchildren because they're not gonna have any new movies. It's just gonna be. It'll remakes. be the third remake of remakes of remakes. The third <laughs> remake of Poltergeist. 
Mm. But um, but yeah, so it's, I thought it was interesting that you know you were on that tip of you know all the stuff coming up with Star Wars and the reboot of that, and I'm like, oh, they're rebooting Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Damn it, <laughs> you know. But I'm like, I'm like, I, I just hope that they don't, you know, try to have to, you know, get like Craig T. Nelson to do a cameo. Right. Or some, you know, like some kind I of... guess I guess my only thing with them redoing Poltergeist is I really hope they don't try to make it into a franchise again. Right, yeah, that's true. Because the other Poltergeist movies were were horrible. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I just I just I'm interested I mean, like, I don't know who they're gonna get to try to whoever whoever they try to replace as Carol Ann and whoever they try to replace as Zelda. Mm-hmm. I, I, I pity Melissa, whoever those people are going to be. What do you mean? They can't fit uh, Melissa McCarthy in there? <laughs> Zelda, as Zelda? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> Carol Ann. Oh, it's Carol Ann. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, uh, whoever is going to be Zelda Rubenstein's character, uh-huh. um, that was so, she's so I- iconic in that role. Um, and you hear her voice, you know, right. and same with Carol Ann. So whatever little girl gets that part or whatever person get whoever gets that part of Zelda, Zelda's part is going to be they're going to be up against it. This house is clean. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> go to the light. Don't go to the light, Carol Ann. <laughs> <laughs> Like you know, but it's just that stuff is so iconic. You know, it's like oh, I don't want to have to be up against that. That stupid clown. <laughs> my mom, my mom had that stupid clown when I was a kid. Scared the crap out of me. It's why I don't like clowns because of that stupid movie. Yeah, but that little boy girl, you know, she she can be replaced pretty easily. Yeah, that little boy was such a little girl. <laughs> he just had that pre-puberty look to him yeah and he didn't really get much screen time yeah (laughs) well i mean even because it was the same actor in the second one right 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 yeah i don't think he got even very much older looking at all (laughs) yeah 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 i don't know what about you jeff last but not least i watched um independence day uh, this month, um, or last month, since it's now March. Um, but I didn't just watch Independence Day normally. Uh, I watched it with the uh, Film Sax bonus commentary track. Mm. So if you don't know, um, um, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Film Sack, uh, filmsack.com, uh, has these bonus film commentary tracks that you can listen to while you're watching stuff. They've got, you know, Batman from 1966 rumble in the Bronx, a couple episodes of star Trek, the next generation and independence day, uh, as well as a couple others. And I have to say, I always enjoy these, these, what they call bonus sack commentary tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of made the, I, I like the movie to begin with. Um, but it made it a little bit more enjoyable, but then it got me into searching for the information about the, um, uh, uh, Independence Day sequels mm-hmm. that apparently uh, Roland Emmerich is working on. Really? Um, not much oh. to say on, on what's going on there right now, but uh, apparently there's going to be some sequels for Independence Day. Hmm. But, uh, if you're you're 
bored and want to do something a little bit different and like commentary tracks, uh, definitely check out film sex, um, uh, film commentary sets and including their independence day one. Um, it's, it's really fun. You got to listen to these things. It's they, these guys can be absolutely hilarious and find out weird, strange facts. So <laughs> I think they, um, started, um, described, uh, uh, one of the openings of a uh, of one of the alien ships as a vagina. It was, nice. So. Well, they got me. Film sec was the reason I watched. Um, was it called Zardoz? Zardoz. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! Talk about the worst movie ever. We should we should all make it a point to watch that movie and talk. No, no, about no, it. no. That's not the worst movie ever. Uh, apparently, recently they did Blood Rain, and they that's been gotten that's the title. The crown. But I still think Ooh. retro. Retrograde uh, with Dolph Lundgren, I think, is the worst movie in all the world. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen anything yet. Uh, I've actually watched anything yet that uh, I would say that was worse. Not even that dragon movie I watched last month. Did I talk about the dragon? No, I was talking oh. about that and it comes out loud. Uh, I had this craving for dragon movies. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anything good on Netflix. So I watched this Merlin and uh, War of the Dragons or something like that. Uh-huh. And it was absolutely terrible but it was better than retrograde <laughs> uh. yeah well it's be you know you actually not the last thing that i had that i'm talking about and hopefully it's it's looking good is the iron the new iron man 3 trailer was released mm. a couple days ago um and it spawned an interesting discussion at work about how you know marvel usually does a pretty good job of keeping the stories and all their stuff under wraps pretty well. Like you don't really know what the overall story is going on. And I don't know what they've got up their sleeve, but they seem to be, it seemed like they were really revealing a lot of things that I would have thought could have been big reveals in that movie, especially the end of the trailer. When you see all the Iron Man suits, Mm -hmm. like 20 or 30 of them, different kinds um you know it was like one of those moments where you're just like that's cool and awesome and looks great and it just made me stop and go why wouldn't they save something like that for the actual film like oh you know because that type of movie i think has got a built-in audience that's gonna go see it you know and it just seems like sometimes i think they we we spoil ourselves sometimes with trailers and you know well and and sometimes it may not actually be a spoiler. It's something yeah. to definitely entice you in, but maybe those multiple suits, uh, are they the enemy's multiple suits? Or are they just his multiple suits? And it's just a scene where he's about to suit up and there's they're in the background or something like that. No, so, they're all flying around. Oh. So uh, Apparently I didn't watch the same trailer. Yeah. All right, don't remember it that well. Yeah. Or the robots. He's been known to robot stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Robots. Who knows? Well, I have to actually see when the movie comes out, but yeah, it's still going to be awesome. And May third. Th- May third. So I got a couple more months here. Wait, when does it come out? <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, tomorrow is Friday. It is. Mm-hmm. Hasta la vista, baby.
I wish I knew how to quit you. That'll do, dude. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. They're looking at you, kid.